When the pressures of everyday life push the buttons of our inescapable human frailties, it's time to press pause, to be still, to breathe, and to look objectively at what is happening to ourselves and those about us. iHub Radio presents In This Moment with Toby C. Helping people to recover from emotional, physical, and spiritual pain. Now, here's Toby C. I'm back. It's Toby. Hey, thank you for joining me in our program in this moment. And this is our program, yours and mine. I want you to think that it's just you and me spending an hour together talking about recovery. I don't have any call-in guests or I don't have any guests on my show. It's just you and me, and we're going to talk about recovery. It's going to be you and me, and I think God is in this room, my recording engineer. But it's us. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about recovery today, and we're going to be talking about a very specific subject. We're going to be talking about doing the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Most specifically, we're going to be talking about the fourth step And more specifically, we're going to be talking about resentments in the resentment inventory of the four-step inventory in the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we will be using in our program the universal wisdom of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and its sister publication, the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. But I got to tell you, you don't be turned off if you hear a lot of alcohol and alcoholism all of a sudden, because our program is not about alcoholism and alcohol. Our program is about overcoming a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body for anybody. Anybody who is suffering from any kind of an addiction, hopelessness, obsession, whatever you got going on, you know, you may be suffering from an illness that only a spiritual experience will conquer. And the spiritual experience that we're going to be talking about this hour involves something called God, a God of your understanding. That's the beautiful part about the 12-step program. It allows each and every one of us to adopt and to identify and to have a relationship with a God of our understanding. So important, so important in recovery. But the most important thing right now is for you to get into the the state of mind of recovery so that whatever we talk about and discuss over the next hour, it's going to sink in and it's going to have some, some meaning. And the most important thing I want to impart upon you, my friend, is how important it is to, to stay calm and to be calm and to just be at peace. You know, the nature of, of being in the moment is to, is to, is to be anchored and centered in the present. And try not to be angry anymore just for today about your past. Try not to be disappointed or ashamed or angry or all the other emotions that involve your past. Just forget about it. Put it behind you. You know, we learn from our past. We do not wish to shut the door on our past, but we learn from it. 
We learn from it. Also, it's so important to forget about what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't be anxious about the future. Try to keep yourself right here today in the present moment and know that you're alive and God has a purpose for you. There's a reason why you didn't die and why you survived and why you're listening to this program. You know, God's got a purpose for you. And one of the purposes for you might be sponsorship. And we're going to be talking about sponsorship today. But I want you to know it's so important that you, my friend, you don't ever, ever have to be alone again. You don't ever have to drink or use again. You don't ever have to act out again. And the 12-step recovery program is going to help you develop into a messenger where you can meet and work with somebody and tell them that you don't ever have to be alone again and you don't ever have to worry and act out again and you can be part of this fellowship. That's what we do here in the 12-step program. It's about unity and it's about calming down. It's so important to stay calmed down and to stay in the moment. Here's a wonderful little prayer I found. Um, it's called Prayer for the Present Moment. And it goes like this. Dear God, I spend so much time reliving yesterday or anticipating tomorrow that I lose sight of the only time that is really mine, the present moment. You give today one moment at a time. That's all I have all I will ever have. Give the faith which knows that each moment contains exactly what is best for me. Give the hope which trusts you enough to forget past failings and future trials. Give the love which makes each moment an anticipation of eternity with you. We ask this in the name of Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. It's a beautiful prayer. And if the Jesus factor offended you, I'm so sorry, but Jesus was a, he was a giver. He was the mother of all giver. I happen to believe, you know, he was the son of God, a God of my understanding. But I do believe that we are all children of God. We are all brethren, you know? And it's time that we start treating each other, you know, with some love and, and respect. The code in, in the 12-step program, our code is love and tolerance of others. And it's so important. Jesus, I think, was referred to as the Prince of Peace. You, my friend, you can become the Prince or the Princess of Peace. It's about an evolution. The 12-step program is so much about a conversion. People, they change, they miraculously heal in the program. So much of throughout what we discuss in recovery deals with the conversion of, of self, moving away from self, selfishness and self-centeredness and moving toward selflessness. 
you know, to really be able to pay attention to another person unconditionally is all about selflessness. It's called unconditional love. That's exactly what God wants us to do, to practice selflessness. And again, don't get turned off if we're going to be referencing um, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, or it's 12, you know, it's sister publication, the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. Um, we, or I, view these publications, um, among other things, as universal, timeless wisdom. The same type of message, the same type of wisdom that I'm sure they were writing about in the Old Testament, that maybe the Egyptians were carving on the tombs of their of their kings and queens. You know, it's the universal timeless message about paying attention to another person and loving them. Loving them by paying attention to another person unconditionally. And the type of love we're going to be talking about today, the type of attention we're going to be talking about today is doing the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And in, in particular, you know, the resentment inventory. And I'll tell you this, so much of working with another person is about getting out of ourselves. Sometimes the best way to stay in the present moment is to try and be helpful in the words you choose and in the things that you do with others to help them stay in the present moment. Recovery and step work, and we're going to be getting into it big time in the next couple of segments. It is so much about hanging on to our sanity and our sobriety and our calm by focusing our love and our attention on another person. It works when all else fails. I'm going to give you just another little bit of inspiration. You, whether you know it or not, are capable of being a sponsor to somebody. You do not need to complete the 12 steps in order to be a sponsor. It's suggested you read chapter seven, working with others, if you want to know how to effectively manage your time in working with others, because you can, you can waste a lot of time working with others. But that's it, you know. As soon as we calm down and we get rid of our mania and our, and our hysteria, we're capable of focusing our attention on another person. And that's what the God of my understanding wants us to do. And the way we focus our attention to another person here in the 12-step program is by taking them through the 12 steps. It's called a house cleaning. It's called a house cleaning. You know, what exactly is treatment and help? You know, are these hospitals, institutions, and sober living homes really providing treatment and help? After, after this program, I want you to think about these institutions, are they really encouraging their ward to, to learn how to share? Are they really encouraging their people to get into step work and to clean house? And are they really preparing their people to be helpful to others and to work with others? And that's what we really need to examine, you know. It's all about working with others and sharing this love and getting out of self. So we're going to be getting into it big time here in the next couple of segments when we specifically talk about step four and the first of the three inventories called the resentment inventory. 
We'll see you in a little bit. It's Toby C. Moment with Toby C continues now on iHub Radio. Okay, we're talking about the four-step resentment inventory today, and it is the mother of all house cleaning. The 12-step program is a house cleaning, and there's nothing that sweeps out the debris more thoroughly and effectively than the resentment inventory, and that's what we're going to be talking about today the resentment inventory. It's the first of three inventories in the fourth step. There's three inventories. There's the resentment inventory, there's the fear inventory, and then there's the sex inventory. And the sex inventory is commonly referred to as the sex slash harm inventory because that inventory really doesn't deal with sex as much as it deals with uh, unhealthy, uh, passive-aggressive behavior with other people, including sex, of course. But uh, our next few segments, we're going to be talking about the resentment inventory. And this is where the real healing starts. And I'm going to be talking to you as if you are a sponsor and you're going to be sponsoring somebody. So we're going to keep it in that in that context because even if you are new in recovering, you know nothing about sponsorship, you know, I'm going to give you a preview of coming attractions. So I want you to use your imagination. And even if you're new in recovery, you know nothing about sponsorship. I want you to imagine yourself working with another person for a little while. Just imagine yourself being better, being healed, dying of absolute boredom in this bandwidth of sobriety because there's no drama and fear and hysteria and trauma. But what we do in this real calm, boring bandwidth called sobriety is we focus our attention onto another person ever so briefly. And I'll tell you, my friend, if you take a fraction of your time and you you focus it on another person, all of this time, this vast amount of time in this bandwidth called sobriety is going to be beautiful. It's going to be joyful like you've never experienced So let's assume that you've taken your prospect through steps one, two, and three of the big books of Alcoholics Anonymous. They're clearly identified. Step one is not necessarily clearly identified, but step two is chapter four, We Agnostics, and appendix two, The Spiritual Experience. And and then chapter five, you know, how it works is, is step three. And at the very end of step three, there's a very famous paragraph, and I'm going to read it to you. It's about selfishness and self-centeredness, and here it is. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but invariably find that at some point in the past, we have made decisions based on self which later placed us in a position to be hurt. 
I can't think of a paragraph that really uh, embodies the process of the, of the four-step resentment inventory more than that paragraph. This, this analysis, if you will, is all about identifying our selfish, self-centered behavior. I really believe, and, and I've come to discover that the essence of the four-step inventory for so many of us brings us out of this place called denial and brings us into a place of awareness. And once we move out of denial and we move into awareness, exactly what is going on, then recovery and healing can finally, finally take place. And I digress. Before we get to the four-step inventory, my friends, it is so important, like I mentioned in the first segment, that we, we calm our spirits down. So much of step one and step two and step three, are, those are preparation steps. They are to, to calm us down so we have this willingness and this faith to trust the process. You know, that we're ready to rip this, this bandage off, all of these painful wounds, and take one last, hopefully final look at, at the ugliness of this hurt and try to make some sense out of it. And this analysis can only really happen effectively if we've completed steps one, two, and three. We've acknowledged we've got a problem and we trust God in the process and we're willing now to jump off and, and do this thing. To jump off into the abyss of the unknown takes a tremendous amount of faith. To be willing to sit across from somebody and tell them your entire life story takes a tremendous amount of trust. And one of the things we're going to be talking about as a sponsor, it's going to be so important for you to practice something called objectivity. If you read the 12 and the 12, the 12 and 12 out of step four, and they talk about it a little bit in the big book, the essence of effective step work, especially the fourth step, is to be objective because your prospect is going to be sitting there and they're going to be opening up all these wounds. And for you not to be affected takes objectivity. For you to reflect all of this pain and to reflect back to your prospect what is really going on is, is the essence of this step work that can only be done with another person. You can't do the four-step resentment inventory alone. At least that's Toby's opinion, okay? I really believe it's mono e mono, and you got to walk through this thing, you know, hand in hand. you got to. It's tremendously terrifying for some people to have to go back and relive things that they really wish they had covered up and moved beyond. But the healing starts when we uncover these things. There's a saying, uncover, discover, and discard. Uncover, discover, and discard. And the four-step resentment inventory is all about the uncovering. And painful as it may be, it's so incredibly important to, to yank the covers off and to expose it and to, to deal with it. You know, it is what it is. I can't think of a more objective battle cry than, than the realization that, you know, everything is happening in life the way it's supposed to be. 
and to understand and to plug into God's will and to accept that whatever's happening is, it is what it is. But that's not the philosophy of your prospect. Your prospect is terrified and they're ready to get into the 12 steps and, and do some house cleaning. And that's what you're going to be doing. So when we come back at the next segment, we're going to get back into the particulars of the miracle of the four-step resentment inventory. It's incredible. You're going to love it. Be back in a few minutes. moment, helping to open hearts and minds that allow for the mysterious, powerful, enduring, and proven alternative to destructive behavior. Here is your guide, Toby C. Well, I, I can't think of a more important subject in recovery in the 12-step program than what we're going to be discussing now. It is the resentment inventory if you enjoy our message analysis, here on In This Moment and, uh, with Toby C., then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Today we're going to be talking about the resentment inventory. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my, my approach to doing this. I already shared a little bit about grabbing a hold of a, of a jittery prospect and not letting him get, or get better. And get their nose buried into step work immediately while you've got their attention, while they've been given the gift of desperation, while they've got nothing better in life to do than pay attention to you and work with you and get into recovery. And so much of the recovery, the rubber really hits the road on this four-step inventory. And let me tell you, it's, it is so simple but so intense. And let me tell you, let me lay out the four-step inventory for you. What I do is I get a big piece of tablet paper, which is 11 by 17. I have a whole ream of it. And, um, and I make four columns on this piece of tablet paper. And then I'll staple about 10 pieces of paper together, okay? And, and each, each sheet will have four columns. And for session one, the very first session that I spend with my prospect, what we do is we read the fourth step out of the 12 and 12 as kind of a warm-up. And then we read the fourth step as it pertains to this particular exercise out of the big book. And for the first session, the only thing I like to do with my prospect is I like to generate what's known as the grudge list. By the way, all my sessions, all my step work sessions are two hours. I don't like to be rushed. And as I mentioned before, I like to keep the frequency, of me, the frequency of my meetings tight. If I can meet every single day with my prospect, I love it. I can get this person through and I can get them to the end zone and have them completed with all these 12 steps in three weeks, 21 days. 
There's no sense in working steps for months at a time or years at a time. I can blow somebody through it in three weeks, give or take a few holidays and weekenders, you know. But that's the name of the game. And again, the first column is the grudge list. And it says right here, it says right here at the bottom of page 64, resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For we have not only been mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. So this is all about overcoming the spiritual malady. That's what step work is. The mentally and physically straightening out, that comes. So here it is. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. And here comes the first column. We listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. That's it. And the beautiful part about this particular grudge list is if you go on the internet, like Toby did, and you do a little research, um, there's this thing called a prompt sheet, okay? P-R-O-M-P-T. It's called a prompt sheet. And it says, a, it says resentment inventory prompt sheet. And, and it has every family member, every acquaintance or associate you can think of, every institution, every principle you can think of listed on this page. There's about 100 of them. And what I do is I sit there across from my prospect. And I said, okay, we're going to go ahead and do your grudge list. Every person, principal, or institution with whom you're angry and that's hurt you, I want them to list, list them down. And I start rattling them off, starting with mom and dad and brother and sister and aunt and uncle and cousins and friends and best friends and girlfriends and boyfriends. And we just go right down the list. People we went to school with, people you grew up with, people you served in the military with, people you were in drama class with. Everybody gets the analysis. And the beautiful part about this prompt sheet is your prospect doesn't have to really think about it. You're just peppering them. And then they're going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. So they're writing down these names on their grudge list. And I have them number each person or principal or institution. And I have them give it about two or three inches of space between each one. And I'll tell you why we're going to do that later. But here's the deal. We spend two hours and we generate this grudge list. And I swear, I have seen up to 150 people, institutions, and principals on a person's grudge list. Sometimes it might take two sessions. That's the reality of it. But, you know, the idea is you want to make sure that this step and this exercise is complete and thorough and final. That's the idea. Because it's painful, man, ripping off these wounds and having to analyze people who we wish we would have forgotten about, as I mentioned, is very, very painful. Then comes column number two of the resentment inventory. Column number two, it says simply this. It says, on our grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. Put the book down, you're done. So you sit there with your prospect now and for two hours, in my experience, this, is, this takes a couple of sessions. This is the most painful part, is your prospect has to sit there and relive each injury that this person, principal, or institution has inflicted upon them. And here's the beauty about sponsorship and being objective. 
when your prospect is, is there discussing this, this trauma and these injuries, they're so caught up in the moment of this trauma and this injury that they can't think straight. And what your job is as a sponsor is to take all of this emotional subjective hurt and give it an objective definition. Either call it abuse or deception or theft or what have you. But you take all these adjectives and you give them a noun, okay, or a verb. It is what it is, okay? And that's what your prospect needs. They need to boil it down to the exact nature of the hurt. Sometimes they, and that's the problem with people doing their own four-step inventories alone, is man, they just can't grasp and put their arms around the objective hurt. It hurts so much, but it is so thorough. And have your prospect write down the injury in that second column, number by number, person by person, principal and institution by principal and institution, and you complete the second column. And then comes the third column of the resentment inventory. And this column deals with self, the seven afflictions of self. And by the way, Toby cheated again. I went on the internet and I found this little menu. I call it the menu of self, okay? And I lay this menu down in front of my prospect. And I say, okay, you get to select from this menu one or all of these afflictions of self that this person and their injuries did to you. And these are the, these are the seven afflictions of self. Self-esteem, pride, financial, which they refer to as pocketbook, personal relations, ambitions, emotional security, and sexual relations. And I'll tell you what's interesting about this exercise the analysis of self. And I didn't realize this until years later, but the essence of being at peace with people and having healthy and loving relationships with people is not to, elect pe- is not to allow people who are not well to affect self. The beautiful part about having a loving and honest and healthy relationship with somebody is no matter what they do and no matter what they say, it will have no effect on self. You know, you've heard the say, if you love something, you let it go, you know? You don't, you don't hold it hostage. You don't let it affect self. You give it freedom. And so much of our addictions and our obsessions and our fears have to do with what part of self is affected. If I cannot let my pride and my self-esteem and my finances and my emotional security, if I cannot let these things become affected, I'm bulletproof. I have established an unshakable foundation. But this column is the analysis of self, and it has a purpose. And you have your prospect go through there, and they write down one or all seven of these afflictions of self as it pertains to the actor and their injury, and now we find out what part of self has been affected. And by the way, your prospect might be getting writer's cramp by then, and they might want to start abbreviating, you know, the afflictions of self, like self-esteem will be S-E and pride will be P, you know. I mean, it's nice to have them write it all out, but they're going to get writer's cramp. There's a lot of writing going on in this exercise. 
once they've completed the column of self, the third column, then we move to the fourth column. And this is where the miracles happen. I don't like to use the word magic. I like to use the word miracle. And this is where it really happens. It happens when your prospect is able to all of a sudden look at the actor and their injuries from an entirely different angle. And the thing I love to say, I love to start off each analysis by saying, was this person well or not well? You know, when we, when we analyze the, the grudge list, and invariably they're going to say that person was not well. And then I look at the prospect and I say, did you do anything to help this person who is not well? Or did you do something to make things worse for this person who is not well? Did you mistreat somebody who is not well? And then it happens. The oh my God moment. The oh my God when they finally realize that they're capable of mistreating somebody who's not well. When they realize how intolerant and unloving and selfish and self-centered they've, they've been. Even when they had the best of intentions in mind. Remember it said, seemingly without provocation, we put ourselves in a position to step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. What do they say? You know, the, the, the road of good, you know, what do they say? The road of good intentions is paved to hell or something. Anyway, the fourth column is where the real magic happens. It is so much more than what was my role in this, okay? It is so much deeper than this to ask your prospect, what could you have done different to have been helpful to this suffering soul? To ask your prospect, is there anything you could have done different to have been helpful to this person who wasn't well? Was there anything that you did that made this person who is not well more not well? And then they calm down. And that's when they start to look at things from an entirely different angle. And I'll tell you what is a very common acknowledgement in the fourth column is dealing with people we have no control over people that we live with or that we have relationships with or that we work with or that we sit with and we have no control over these people. And if we could escape, we would. If we could run away from them, we would, but we cannot. And this, my friend, is called living with unresolved difficulties. And to be able to acknowledge this in the fourth column, that my problem in dealing with this person and the reason why they gave me a resentment was I could not be at peace with this person who is not well. It wasn't that I did anything wrong to this person. It's not that I allowed myself to, to mistreat this person. It's just that I wasn't at peace with this person who was sick, spiritually or emotionally or whatever. They're sick. And maybe they know it. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't know it. But the important thing is to be able to live with unresolved difficulties. And that's the beauty about this program. And it happens right here in this column, my friends. This is the moment. This is the miraculous moment where we start to take it easy on people. 
and we give them a break. And the final exercise I do with my prospects is I have them get a, a highlighter out and go down their grudge list and I ask them to highlight every single person on their grudge list that they're going to give a break to today. You don't have to forgive people. You just have to give them a break. Can you do that, my friend? There's people in my life, man, that, I, that did unforgivable things to me. But guess what? Today I realized that maybe they were not well and I don't have a grudge list with them on it anymore. I took them off my grudge list because I gave them a break. And recovery is all about giving people a break. And gee, when we give people a break, guess what happens? We get a break. What comes around goes around. If you want peace, you better practice peace. But back to this fourth step resentment inventory, it's, it's where it all happens. It's the beautiful part about the 12-step process. I mean, it all fits together like, like a nice tight puzzle. But man, if there's ever a transition moment, it happens in the four-step inventory. Practice it. Don't be afraid. Get somebody. No matter how much sobriety or, or program you've got, pay attention to somebody and get their nose in the big book and help them clean house. You may not do it right the first time, but practice it. God wants us to practice with our brethren cleaning house in order to in order to have a relationship with our higher power. That's what we do. And what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to say that you're you're going to you're going to have experiences with some of your prospects and and it can be very discouraging. Your prospects, more than anything, most of them are going to leave you during their four-step or their nine-step inventories. And most of it happens during the four-step. And don't be discouraged if your prospect wants to take some time out or move away from the process. It's so incredibly painful sometimes to do this analysis, but it's so worth it. But be patient. Be Please be patient with your prospects. I just wanted to focus on the resentment inventory today because that is, that is the core of the program. It's about taking it easy on ourselves and taking it easy on other people. And we cannot take it easy on people unless we've done the thorough analysis of really what's going on. And so much of the four-step inventory is about moving your prospect out of, to de- out of denial and into awareness. Awareness that, that maybe they are capable of mistreating people. You know, maybe these people didn't deserve that type of behavior or that type of treatment. You know, maybe these people are not well. They need some love and, and compassion. You know, that's what we try to do. We try to give our prospect a break. Amen on that. And, um, yeah. All right, we'll be back in a little bit. This is Toby C. I have radio.
in a world of overstimulation. You've arrived in a safe and calming space. This is In This Moment with Toby C. on iHub Radio. I'm back. I'll tell you, this subject of, of the four-step resentment inventory, I mean, I could just go on and on forever about it. It is so deep. It is so intense. It is so incredibly important. And I just, I hope I hit some of the highlights of how important this inventory is in recovery, not only for the sponsor and, and their duty to carry an objective uh, energy, um, but, but how important it is for the prospect to trust the process and to be calm and to be able to completely open up their, their heart and, and get it all out there. It's got to be thorough. The more thorough you know, the thoroughness will pay off and pay off handsomely. And we want, we want to make sure that this is our final, our final step work with our prospect. And I'm sure they're going to want to know that this is the final go around too. We want it to be thorough and complete and final. So as a closing thought, though, remember, my friend, to please practice open-mindedness, um, you know, the proper use of the imagination to point our minds toward the right objective. And the right objective, I believe, is to nurture and pay attention to the relationships that we have with, with God's children, with the people that we encounter every day, and to love one another. Love in terms of being, pay, being able to pay attention to other people, being able to place other people's needs and interests first, and to be considerate to people. Open-mindedness and love is a great path for us to travel on sobriety. And I'm telling you, it will keep you anchored firmly to the other side once you get out of no man's land and working with another and helping another prospect get out of no man's land will again keep you further anchored where you want to be. You want to have an unshakable foundation. And it happens by working with others. There's nothing finer in working with others than doing a thorough and intensive four-step inventory. That's where the miracles happen. So remember, the definition of humility is to place God first. And if you're not good at it, then just try to place God first. It's called practicing humility. And one of my favorite quotes in the 12 and 12 is, refusing to place God first we deprived ourselves of his help. And that's the name of the game, to try, just try to place God first. And believe me, my friend, by paying attention to a prospect and taking another soul through the 12 steps is a beautiful way of practicing humility. God bless you. Email me, tellbc at ihubradio.com and I'll make a point to to read your email during next week's program. Next week's program, we're going to be talking about more four-step work. We're going to be talking about the sex inventory and the fear inventory. Incredibly important. God bless. Have a wonderful day wherever you are, and we'll talk to you soon.